Hello and welcome to House of Fire and Blood, the podcast where we ask, what if George R. R. Martin's Fire and Blood were told more like HBO's show House of the Dragon? Hello and welcome to House of Fire and Blood. My name is Caroline and I'm here with Gretchen. Hello everyone. And we are starting a new fun podcast adventure, right Gretchen? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So this is called House of Fire and Blood. And what we are basically doing is um, very deeply analyzing George R. R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood, uh, from the kind of lens of how House of the Dragon is written. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the gist, Uh, but I guess it's also just going to be like, very deep analysis of this book that we both love. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. Um, So Gretchen, do you want to explain how we got this idea or how really you got this idea? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the real genesis started was because we were podcasting at one point uh, with Kylie and Julia the last time that we did uh, Unabashed Book Snobbery, if you are familiar with that. I presume you are. Um, Everyone go listen to Unabashed Book Snobbery. It's excellent, excellent podcast. Uh, Caroline and I ended up just like talking for I think two or three hours after we ended the podcast and we're like hey maybe we should do something (laughs) yeah we're like vaguely in the future we should probably maybe do something because we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of them are are similar we have similar ideas but not always exactly the same Mm -hmm. so it should be interesting yeah and Caroline pitched to me the idea of doing something with A Song of Ice and Fire and I was like I don't know it's been a while since I've read the books I don't know if that's where I'm at but and I was like, oh, you know, I, I know what we could do. Um, how about something with fire fire and blood? Because we both really liked the show. Yes. <laughs> um, House of the Dragon. We were both just like kind of over the moon about it. Caroline, you were the one who talked Kylie and Julie into watching Or Julie. No, Kylie. You talked Kylie into watching it. I think I talked both. I think I talked Kylie into watching it and then Kylie talked Julia into watching it. I didn't really talk them into watching them. I kind of harassed them into watching it. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I got them into it and um, and they liked it too. I think part of it is that they're they're not super Targ stands. I am. I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm an admitted Targ stand. I like the shiny dragon. The beginning and end of the thought process. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I was very excited about the show being good and, mm-hmm. and the analysis we were able to do of it. Right. For once, which is not something we were able to do with uh, the bad show Game of Thrones. Right. And it I mean, part of what was so impressive about to me about House of the Dragon was the way that it was able to take some some of the themes that are like latent in Fire and Blood that like if you could if you look for them and are prepared to look for them, you can find them and was willing to basically say the quiet part out loud. Yes. Um, and take turn a story that in Fire and Blood, if you're not familiar with it, is um, it's written from the perspective of a maester. It's fairly truncated. Um, it's written like history, but like a biased history. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an in-universe narrator. That's what I mean. It's written so, from the perspective of a maester. So like all history. Yes, like all ah, history. It's oh, biased. Oh, hey. it's like a theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were able to, to like look at a biased narrative and pull out like a different version of the story than like mm-hmm. either of the versions of the story that are presented in the book because the book has like two different narrators and I'm sure that Caroline and I will will talk about whether or not we think there are actually two different sources um look m- mushroom is mushroom is real okay listen 
No, I actually um, don't think mushroom is real, but we'll, alas, we'll get there eventually. Yes. <laughs> but he was able to like take those and like find like a really compelling, um, rather feminist story about mm-hmm. like the uses of power and how it could be both liberatory and oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that it was able to uh, make a love story, um, like a love story between women, be the yes. center of a story that like in the book is kind of hates women and thinks that they're all catty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, and to make a, a queer love story in the middle of a society where that would never be possible. Right. You know, and kind of talking about that, which is just fantastic. Yes, the the way, and I think what's interesting, and as we'll get into, as we get into more substantive episodes, as this is just our, our pilot explaining why we're here and what we're doing, uh, the way that they interpreted the text, sometimes there are changes the the, the show made, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's just an, a different reading of it because right. of the fact that the maester is biased and you can really question a lot of stuff. So I think one of the things we'll be doing here is fundamentally questioning like basic stuff in this narrative. Mm-hmm. Like when I was, uh, our next episode that we record will be the first chunk that we do. When I was reading that, I realized, why is Aegon the dragon and not Visenya and Rhaenys? They also right. have dragons, but he's yeah. Aegon the dragon, Aegon the conqueror and his sisters. Uh-huh. Like, like there's some kind of band and he's this lead singer, you know, like... <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, the, this this doesn't make any sense factually. So I think asking those kind of fundamental questions is what they did on House of the Dragon mm-hmm. and how they ended up with a really, really, at least for us, compelling narrative uh, that, that isn't really present in the text exactly or isn't as compelling in the text, I guess. Right, right. It's not exactly what the maester says in the book happened with any of these characters, but you can't actually say it's not what happened. Right, exactly. <laughs> because when you have a biased narrator, um, you can question literally everything that they say. And that, I mean, and we both agree that part of what Martin's doing with Fire and Blood is trying to get you to question the narrator, mm-hmm. um, to ask questions about this in-universe narrator and the way he tells history. And then, of course... I think eventually what he wants is for us to look back at our own versions of history and ask similar kinds of questions of like, who is left out? Um, who is Whose story is being told in um, ways that are either, you know, blatantly bigoted or misogynist or maybe mm-hmm. even just slightly off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, it was so interesting to to see a version of the story that like watching it on screen, I was like, I recognize all of these events. I know right. all of these events. I've yeah. read the source material. But, like, this is a new way to look at them. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that could be it. And I think he not only wants us, Martin not only wants us to look at our own history that way, but I think he, I very much find from for myself that Fire and Blood informs the A Song of Ice and Fire books proper. Yes. Because A Song of Ice and Fire does the same thing chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. But it's so subtle that people do not necessarily pick up on it. Uh, and that's part of the trick of the book. You know, he's sort of playing on George R. R. Martin, and I love this aspect of his writing. He plays on the fact that you're relying on the narration telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. But he, but the narration is never telling you the truth. It's always telling you by his perspective. There is no mm-hmm. truth in, in his narration. And that's part of the point. Uh, so I, I think that Fire and Blood, when I first read it, kind of put that into stark relief for me for the five a song of ice and fire books as well so i I do Mm -hmm. think they all kind of connect right 
So our plan moving forward with this podcast is that we're going to, unfortunately, Fire and Blood is not broken up into like nice little chunks like we would like. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like neat chapters from each character's perspective. Right. So we're going to kind of like be trying to keep it as like relatively short chunks. And I'm talking like 20 to 30 pages max. I think uh, our our first episode, which we'll record, uh, is like the first 30 pages or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a lot to say about those 30 pages because <laughs> the goal is to have a, a lot of shorter podcasts. But as, as some of you listeners may know, Gretchen and I have always a lot of thoughts. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, we're going to try to get into a regular recording and release schedule that I'm sure that'll develop over time uh, as, as we do this. But we'll let you guys know what we're reading because we're we're sort of approaching spoilers in this way. A Song of Ice and Fire is fully on the table. Game of Thrones is fully on the table. Fire and Blood, the TV show, is fully on the table up until wherever it's at, which right now is season one. As of this recording is season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, not Fire and Blood. House of the Dragon is on the House table. The <laughs> yeah, House of the Dragon is on the table for season one. When it comes to us talking about the book, we're only going to talk about up until where we read to. And that's so that you can read along with Fire and Blood and listen to the podcast without hitting any spoilers for later on. And also, if you're a person that's only watched the show and maybe doesn't want to be spoiled for future seasons of the show, you can listen to us up until where the show is and then, um, you know, sort of control where you are from there. So that's the goal of how we're going to be proceeding in this. Um, And, you know, seeing what we discover. I think that's pretty much the logistics of what we're going to do. Right, Gretchen? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So there might be some chapters that we cover, like, all at once um because they're shorter but some of like the really long chapters that are like 30 40 50 60 you know yeah. if you if you've read fire and blood you know that the chapter lengths are uh, all over the place so some of the bigger chapters we might be breaking up into smaller chunks um and i think at one point i warned caroline that those chunks might get smaller and smaller <laughs> hey that's look if you want to do like a five page chunk i got thoughts <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll let you guys know what i'll also try to do is put in the descriptions of the podcast what what chunks we're at it's also a little hard because like page numbers are different on different texts so we'll mm-hmm. find some way to let you know so you, you know where we're at so you can be following along uh if, if that's how you choose to engage with this media mm-hmm. um but i think part of what we're trying to figure out too in this i guess people are probably asking like why 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 this and what do you right. think you're going to get from it mm-hmm. so we have some sort of predictions from the outset about what we think fire and blood is about or like like our our friend kylie when we talk about house of the dragon asks a very important question she's what what's the point what's the point of this story mm-hmm. if i kind of know what happens because this is in history like what's the point of this and i think that's a that's the question that's the right. really important question so what do you think just at the outset before really getting into any analysis what do you think this is about so my my kind of big picture of what I think at least a significant element of what uh, Fire and Blood is about is that House Targaryen um, because this is the history of House Targaryen or like the first chunk of history because I think that he means to write a second book allegedly um, Fire and Blood allegedly (laughs) he also means to write Winds of Winter so you know (laughs) (laughs) right he's also got a couple other books in the Song of Ice and Fire series to write Um, so ostensibly this is like the first half of the history of House Targaryen and I think that, the, to me, part of the question of asking, 
what's the point of this book is asking why is he telling a story about House Targaryen and not like literally any other house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just because it's the ruling house um, within Westeros. But I do think that for me, I think that what we're going to see is that House Targaryen is a microcosm. So like a small scale picture of how destructive feudalism and patriarchy are on the large scale. Mm. Um, that it's going to give us like a like a compact way to look at the ways that feudalism and patriarchy kind of erode um, and devolve within family units over generations mm. that we can extrapolate and look at Westeros historically as a whole and say like, oh, yes, that's what's happening within this larger feudalist world. What about you? I, well, I love that. So I fully support that. And I think that that this is one of those things where there's going to be multiple answers and mm-hmm. probably dependent on the reader, like what's important to you as a reader and what you take away from it, because audience engagement is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that Fire and Blood and, and so, The Song of Ice and Fire to a point as well. I think Fire and Blood is about how um, the disempowerment of women disempowers us all. Mm-hmm. And I think... A Song of Ice and Fire more broadly is about how the disempowerment of anyone disempowers us all. Mm. Now, we'll need the, the remaining books to figure that out. I presume in A Song of Ice and Fire, it's going to end with some kind of battle where everyone comes together, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it won't matter if you're a lord or a peasant or a night's watch or a knight or not or a whatever. Like, you'll need everyone to defeat the big bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that it's sort of themes of unity and the importance of valuing people regardless of how you arbitrarily decide they fall in this feudalist system. Fire and Blood, and specifically the Dance of the Dragons, which is what's covered in House of the Dragon, I think is very specifically about how how women were disempowered progressively through the Targaryen house and how that mm-hmm. led to the fall of the Targaryens. Right. And, you know, they go from being these dragon lords who come with, like, literal, like, living nukes <laughs> to Westeros... <laughs> And become just like a normal house that gets taken out by like some guy named Bob, you know. And <laughs> I love that that's actually true. He's just right, guy named Bob. So it's like some dude with a hammer. He said, "I don't like it anymore in here." So I, I and I think there are such heavy themes in Fire and Blood mm-hmm. of sexism and misogyny in the patriarchy. It's unavoidable to do that analysis as part of this, right? And I, I think that fits in with, with what you're saying as well about this mm-hmm. being about this being a microcosm of that. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that's what, that would be my prediction. I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's right. Why, that's why we're analyzing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like, I think attached to these are a couple of other things that we just, just like tiny little points to hit on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Martin is a monarchy apologist. Um, I think what? that's going to be part of <laughs> What? You know? How like... could you say that? <laughs> I don't think he actually wants to advocate that we change our government to monarchy. Oh, God. Um, I don't, I'd, but it's so lovely. <laughs> Monarchy's great. Fantastic. Great. No, it's so good. There's no room for oppressive, tyrannical power at all in monarchy. I don't know. No. It's great. The king is the good, the good King Jaehaerys was so good. What's wrong? So good. So good. We'll just, we'll just ignore all the other bad ones. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, like, we're going to see, like, as part of this, like, the ways that feudalism and patriarchy are oppressive, I think a part of that will be, like, monarchy is bad. Um, maybe mm-hmm. having living nukes is also bad. Maybe <laughs> having, like, that much power over the people around you, not great, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think he definitely is. We, we talk a lot about Martin undermining tropes, etc. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a big part of it is undermining the fantasy tropes of the romanticizing of knighthood and maidenhood and all this kind of, and like romanticizing the feudal system and really taking it and saying like, you know, here's a world that has magic in it to some extent, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. <laughs> to what extent yeah. is up right. for debate? Yeah. Here's a world that's feudal and magic and that you would normally expect there to be feudal magic happiness, but I'm going to put it in such a harsh light that, you know, you're going to question, hmm, maybe... Maybe monarchy, not great. Maybe mm-hmm. feudalism, not the way to be. You know, mm-hmm. maybe oppressing people, bad thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Refrigerator Absolutely. thoughts for you. Maybe we shouldn't oppress people. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, okay. So I think that's like the goal of the right. podcast. Uh, we are starting bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with it, and hopefully make some great progress. So we have no concept of how many episodes it'll be. Um, we have no idea how long it'll take. And we don't know exactly what the release schedule is, but we'll get there eventually. Mm, yeah. Uh, we don't currently have like an email address or anything, but if you guys want to submit questions um, on Tumblr, I am still Cosplay Caroline, and uh, that's all one word. And on TikTok, I am uh, at Belock B E E L O C K, which I guess you could message me there as well. Uh, eventually, I'll make like a an email address so we can actually do something useful. Gretchen, do you have any points of contact still on the interwebs? Uh, I do. I am at uh, on Twitter. I can be found at G underscore loves books. And on Tumblr, I am at G and Jones writer. Um, that's all one word. Um, I sh- probably should uh, unite my Tumblr with my the rest of my social media handles are usually like G loves books. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mine yeah, are- Mine are all over the place. It's fine. Okay. So, yeah, I can be reached at uh, GN Jones Writer on Tumblr, G underscore loves books on Twitter, um, Instagram, I am at G loves books. So, yeah, find us there. And then eventually we will have some kind of organized, centralized <laughs> way Someday to get in touch with us. We'll, we'll get really, we'll get much better at this really professional podcast one of these days. When we grow up and become a real podcast, we have our own email. Oh, someday we'll be a real podcast. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening to this pilot, and we hope that you uh, go ahead and listen to the next episode in the feed. Uh, But we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. We are rolling. Are we rolling? Microphone? Microphone, you were so much louder before when I was testing you. Why are you like this? All right. Well, I can always keep <laughs> It really, two minutes ago when I tested it, it was louder. Okay, I'm going to keep my voice it's nice trying to silence you. Yeah. Exactly. You're one of the, you're one of the silent women. Ugh, Martin just, knows all about those silent it's like women. It's like the maester. It's just like the maester. <laughs> yes, your maester's your microphone's the maester. My microphone's the maester. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's, uh. Uh, we're going to do one, two, three, clap, uh, just like Kylie does, in homage to Kylie.